Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host, Sean Siriani, and I'm happy to throw another episode your way. It's been too long, guys, and to let you know, the little hiatus over the past few weeks wasn't because I was being lazy. I have a ton of pre-recorded episodes for you. Such amazing talks, like this one today. And my guest today is a filmmaker. His name is Young Chang. Right now, the movie he directed, titled This Is Not A Movie, is screening at the Toronto International Film Festival. And it is a documentary telling the story and looking into the life of a famous reporter of truth, a man who has put his life on the line for over 50 years, stood on the front lines of battle, capturing war, poverty, corruption in the most unfiltered way possible. And that man's name is Robert Fisk. It was so cool to talk to Young about his time with Robert Fisk and following him around to create this documentary. It almost felt like I could pick his brain forever about Robert's life. And actually, as the interview unfolded, uh, initially, like I was going to dive into Young's story itself. And then I realized um, we got short for time. He had a busy schedule. Some television stations were trying to interview him and everything. And unfortunately, I had to to cut it off, when, even though I had a billion questions in my head. But... Um, there's a moment where I take a pause, my battery was getting low, and we had a conversation as I was plugging my recording device into the wall that may lead Young getting on for a part two in the future. It was, it's almost was, um, it's hard to explain, and I, I don't want to just like give it away just in case it does happen, but um, the other week somebody asked me who are my top three people I would dream of interviewing. And through random conversation with Young, it was revealed that he directed a documentary about one of those three people. And yeah, he, he said he said he tried to make it happen. And I'm getting goosebumps just saying that into the mic right now. So yeah, I'll leave it at that. And like, yeah, beyond that too, like I said, like uh, I wish I dove into more Young's life, but... Uh, yeah, the movie right now that's that's at TIFF, this is not a movie. The movie that is not a movie movie is incredible. I recommend everybody seeing it. I'm going to put all the dates on the website at www.girthradio.com um, for the page of this episode. And I believe in the, in the near future it is getting a, re- a release date as well. So yeah, we're going to keep you in the loop of all that. And another thing I wanted to mention too... Uh, Sometimes I don't look back at um, the evolution of this thing we have going on, um, this show. And I say we because there's a tiny community of you guys invested in this. And uh, yeah, there there was just another moment that day too as I was packing up after this interview that kind of made me look back and look at it in the third person and like where it came from. Um, As I was packing my stuff and uh, the next people came in the room to interview young had a lot of equipment tripods i just had my little <laughs> my little recording device i'm putting in my bag and uh they had a crew and the the crew asked me um what television station am i from 
And uh, as you guys know, who follow the show, we're from the streets, baby. <laughs> like this thing started in a park. So yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> it's kind of cool. Go independent media, and um, around this interview with Young, I got a handful of very special interviews. I'm excited to share with you guys. Cause, cause like I said, I, I don't like stepping away from posting content like I, like I did this month, even though it's a small community. Um, just like recently a handful of you guys have said to me, you are addicted to listening to these episodes while you're at work or doing stuff around the house. And I am just equally as addicted to <laughs> giving you this experience and I get so much joy knowing that you guys are enjoying that experience and just having interests in just raw, honest media that's just cuts all the bullshit and it's a real conversation. And yeah, it's the circle of life. We feed off each other. And that's why when I say this show, I don't say my show. It's our show. And yeah, thank you again. I'm excited to blast you with a lot of amazing content in the next few weeks. And just to let you know, if you guys are strictly listening to this on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, Pod Addict, TalkShoe, or any of your favorite podcast listening apps, I want to let you know that each and every one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. Usually in the spiel, you, you guys know, I say, you'll... You'll see pictures of us in the studio. Well, I forgot to take a couple pictures in this episode, but you will see trailers to Young's work and more information on Robert Fisk and just any links to things we talk about during this episode. All right. Well, I'm going to stop blabbing on. We're going to get this rolling. Here is the amazing director, Young Chang, coming at you right now. Girth Radio in session. This goes way back. It goes back to post 9-11, probably around 2002. As a student in university, I was looking into finding a voice or voices that were talking about things that were happening in the world. You know, the invasion of Iraq, uh, September 11th attacks, the idea of the Middle East... And I, I, I got onto this website at the time. It was called Znet, Znet Magazine. Uh, oh, yeah. You're familiar with it, and it's mm-hmm. uh, and they had they they profile a lot of authors uh, from Noam Chomsky to uh, there was Edward Said. There's um, Rebecca Solnit, uh, Naomi Klein, and then you know Robert Fisk. Mm-hmm. So that's where I first started linking into his words. Um, he he had w- wrote this article. Uh, around 2000 I'd have to confirm the date I can't remember now but it was yeah. just after he was in um yeah, I think he was in a on the Pakistan border in an Afghani refugee camp and uh he was beaten up horrendously beaten up by Afghan refugees and uh 
and um, there's one photo that is in the film that shows that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 he wrote this amazing article that was sort of like, if I was this refugee, I would have done the same to me, being Whoa, this yeah. Western, you know, a Western guy. Yeah. And uh, and to me, uh, it really struck me very deeply. It was something that re- I realized his empathy or his sort of uh, understanding of the world where he was reporting from. Uh, wasn't from the perspective of a colonialist. It was from the perspective of, you know, trying to see things from that, from the people's point of view. Yeah, very human approach. Very human approach and very much aligned to his definition, which is uh, of journalism, which is to report on the side of those who suffer. So I, I, I mean, that to me, that article, that under that kind of opening up of that idea that he he would, you know, the confession that he makes in that article was. You know, to me, like uh, an extreme version of that, de- like following his his integrity, his definition of yeah. what journalism. And is. especially around that time, it's just yeah. like you're looking at the news and stuff, and you almost don't know what to believe. There's stuff contradicting each other, so exactly. probably like reading something from him, where it's just so from the heart and a human approach too. Like I could see yeah. that drawing me in as well, and even like uh, from this movie, from you showing his journey yeah. too, it just made me just like almost obsessed with the guy like i seen it yesterday and yeah. like this morning i'm like reading articles <laughs> from him or whatever it's just like yeah it's, well you know yeah. like just to jump in there i think i think at the time in 2002 we didn't have the full-fledged fake news movement so to speak you know mm-hmm. the internet wasn't fully in operation that way yeah and so at the time what struck me was the mainstream media uh you know reading headlines and newspapers and reading articles and real newspapers um it just it wasn't the same message you know or the same kind of content and the point of view wasn't clear to me like it didn't really i found that reading articles uh, that were impartial in in that kind of 50-50 way in major mainstream newspapers was sort of not clear it wasn't identifying yeah, a problem yeah. for me so uh, that was where i sort of lingered into that world of hearing voices like chomsky and fisk who are able to really identify and really nail home some perspectives that are strikingly you know um refreshing yeah definitely and and then fast forward to today which is like you know uh fake news is the bar <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and uh and you know, here's this this lone wolf, uh, the canary in the coal mine, so to speak, who's sort of like uh, really boots on the ground and reporting what he sees. And you know, like there's some I love some of the lines in the movie where he's like, you know, uh, I don't believe in secondary sources. You know, what's the point of having a secondary source mm-hmm. when I'm the one who's seeing it? Yes, you know, yeah. that's very valuable information. Yeah, and it's even like parts of that movie too. It like gave me like goosebumps, just yeah. like 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 how he words itself like just almost like hearing about a firefight happening somewhere and he's like okay i'm gonna go there right now and just like engulf myself into it and beyond also being a reporter too he's a detective i noticed too trying to piece together unknowns of stories and even risking himself like asking weapons experts where they sold this and stuff it's just like yeah that that (laughs) idea yeah that idea of the detective Actually, in a scene that we cut from the film, uh, um, we had another whole section of the movie where he went on this wild chase. Uh, there was a car chase. It was all sorts of stuff, but <laughs> yeah, it just, shit, you know, at the end yeah. of the day, it didn't fit into the movie because mm-hmm. it just had a different tone than some of the other stories we follow, that he follows, that we then followed with him. Uh, but, um, but he does, in that, I'm remembering now, he does say, like, it's sort of like detective work. Yeah. And, and you're right, he is... 
uh, sort of like Inspector Fisk, you know, like in a lot of ways, his approach to journalism is also the type of investigative journalism where you have a hypothesis and you pursue that and you try to piece the puzzle together to see if it fits your hypothesis. Yeah, it's it's totally amazing too. And uh, I love how you guys kind of went back in time to find his roots, like what inspired him as well too. And it amazed me that it was actually like an Alfred Hitchcock movie and a character from it. Unbelievable. Almost yeah. like an Indiana Jones type guy. And then... So it's almost like his inspiration was fiction, then it turned into reality. And I actually wanted to ask you this too, because it seems like on his downtime, he's always trying to piece these puzzles or whatever. With the time you spent with him, did you notice him enjoying any type of entertainment or or does he like unwind at all? Or? Yeah, you know, <laughs> like, that's a great question. Yeah. And, and uh, I think what you see in the film is almost 80% of what he is like okay, uh, yeah. on and off. Yeah. He's the same person. He lives a kind of monastic approach to life when he's working, you know, not when he's, you know, he does have some time off in the, you know, in the summertime. He tends to try to get away from Beirut where it's like, you know, you know, f- you know, like 50 degrees Celsius in the on the Corniche where he lives. You know, he gets back to Dublin where he he can have a resting sort of a little time away, yeah, and yeah. and that's his rep, you know reprieve before he gets back into it. But he's always in it. So mm-hmm. when he's away from Beirut, he's in Dublin writing his book, and he has a new one coming out soon. And then and then you know like um, for him, his downtime is reading. His downtime is reading the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy is on all the time. As far as I see, he's very much working, working, working. Um, uh, occasionally a, a meal, but he doesn't like food for him. I think. I don't know how important it sits in his uh, his you know re- you know R and R time. Yeah, I yeah. think for him it's reading and wa- and occasionally watching a movie now and then. Yeah, yeah. It's just it seems like his drive is just almost beyond <laughs> like a lot of things you see in a regular. Oh my gosh. Person. Yeah, that guy. So, uh, you know, my first research trip, and I I went to visit him in Beirut, and we went to the UN Blue Line, that's the Israel Lebanon border, and uh, it's about a five hour drive, I think, and. Um, from the minute I sat down with them, you know, I just got off the plane from Toronto. Yeah. The minute I retired, the car, like from the beginning of the journey to the end of that drive, he was nonstop, like just talking. <laughs> Everything he saw and observed was a moment, like a, an observation, a historical reference. Uh, the guy is on fire, like he's lit the whole way through. Like, yeah, uh, wow, it's yeah. intense. It can be yeah. relentless, and yeah, that and that's yeah. sort of like the film too. Uh, it's a relentless film. And I think that mirrors his his drive, his anger, his personality. Uh, and I took that after that first research trip and applied it to the filmic approach of the mm-hmm. film, of the movie. Yeah, actually, it's interesting. I'm just thinking of this now. Like as I was watching the movie, and usually when I prepare for like an interview or whatever, I'll just have these major few points in my head of what I want to talk about for the interview. <laughs> And I don't know if I'm just <laughs> such an empath or whatever, and I connect to other people's vibes, yeah. but him running around with the notepad, it caused me during the film, I'm just scribbling like ideas or whatever. And it's just like, I don't know if I just like yeah. soaked in his vibe as I was watching it yeah. or whatever, but it's like really compelling. Like you really like feel like you're in his shoes yeah. as you're. 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I love like, you know, so now we're, you know, we're here doing an interview and yeah. with a journalist. And I'm always curious how journalists will react to a film about journalism. And, and uh, you know, I think I haven't asked the question. Yeah. And I wonder if I can throw one at you. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, like was did it did it trigger any ideas for you as a as uh, in the work you do like does it in, did it inform you in any way you know i'm curious yeah it did inform me a lot because especially my stuff is more w like lighthearted. like i'm interviewing comedians and like who knows like musicians <laughs> pro wrestlers so i'm awesome. like <laughs> i'm like um just kind of like talking more about arts and entertainment yeah. but seeing his side of it, it just kind of it blew my mind how I don't know, just putting together stories, asking the right questions and stuff. And again, just like, it was like a total inspiration. And he, yeah. even like sometimes I'll think, oh, I had this hard day. I was at this <laughs> festival on my feet in the sun or whatever. It's like this guy's getting fucking bombs dropped on him. And like, just like, I, like especially the beginning of this film, like it just shows him running with a recorder uh -huh. and there's just a firefight just bah, 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 like all around yeah. him. Like, I, I oh, mean, he, wow. he, he's, like, he's <laughs> certainly been through a lot. And, yeah. and, you know, when you read through his work and his and his and his tomes that he's written i mean his descriptions of the things he's witnessed is it's unbelievable that he's even you know you know able to sit down and have a, a cup of tea yes and, uh, yeah uh you know at the end of the day which he talks about and it's sort of you know there's a scene in the film where he talks about ptsd with the un soldiers or the peacekeepers yeah. and to me it was i think it strikes me you know that's a bit of a controversial statement he makes that there's no such thing and you can't have p he doesn't say there's no such thing but the mm -hmm. fact that one shouldn't have ptsd like he doesn't i think the to clarify the point he makes in that scene, which is essentially, I'll describe it for the, the listeners, is that he talks about, you know, you know how he's never had a nightmare except one. Yeah, that, he that amazed a, me a, too. A massacre and and was walking on dead bodies, but at the end of the day, he can go home and have and have a, a you know dinner. Um, so and then he says after that, you know, like, but that's you know, uh, for me, it's not about woe woe is me. It's more about think about you know, the victims, think about the people mm -hmm. who are being murdered. Yeah. And, and I think that's the real point of that he's trying to make, not necessarily that um, one doesn't have PTSD. Because, yeah, at the, yeah. at the, you know, the truth of it is, I think, um, you know, I think he's a very emotional person. Mm, I think he's, okay, yeah. uh, you know, very, I, I think once you, you know, pull away the veneer of the journalist, I think underneath he is a very sensitive uh, man. And I think I got close to discovering that a little bit especially in the scene when he talks about his father. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I think he's a, he's a guy that holds a lot inside, mm -hmm. and, and it comes out in his words. It comes out in his writing. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, especially like him talking like that too, uh, um, it shows really where his drive and heart is. It's like almost not r like about himself in a way. He's like wants to uncover these stories for the people who have been – wrong done and everything and yeah that's incredible. it yeah. you know and i i think he's like he's driven uh you know and i think there's a note in the film where like you know here's a uh and uh sort of um this long lost generation of reporter this this guy who's experienced so much uh, has this longevity that's outlasted other journalists in a way and uh, and at the end of the film on a on a sort of a on a kind of turn a note where he talks about the fact that his impact may have not, you know, he may not have had as much impact as he, as one would like to have as a journalist, mm -hmm. but that the key for him is that 
that at least we, the least we can do is have a record. Uh, you know, we can be the record so that nobody can say it didn't happen. So nobody can say that massacre didn't happen, you know? And I think that is what drives him, this being the, re the recorder of history. And, and I'll add to that, that, you know, the other title for the movie, other than This Is Not A Movie, which relates to the idea of the, the Hollywood movie versus the reality of his world as a journalist, um, you know, you know, the other title could have been Foreign Correspondent, the same yeah, name as the yeah, Hitchcock yeah, movie. Yeah. And I think that's important. Like, I like to think about what that means, mm -hmm. Foreign Correspondent. It means that he's, he, he's a translator of information from one country, bringing it to another, and, and reporting it back to his country. And, and I think that's an important distinction because we put a lot of trust into who that voice is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think yeah. that that is sort of uh, sticks with me, the idea that the responsibility of a foreign correspondent is to seek the truth and i and and i think the way he does it is a, is in a way um uh sort of like seems to tap in a, in a way that uh, i f i find his writing is, is is it really resonates with me it moves me and it actually makes me feel something and makes me understand a place and a culture more than uh in other you know in other places that I've read similar yeah, kind of yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. And I got a follow-up for that, but I just noticed, I'm just going to plug this in. Tracked us here. No, you actually yeah. just... From, like, war to wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> I just totally, like, uh, I made a little cut in the audio in... Uh, my new friend young right here just kind of blew my mind with something but we're gonna get back to robert's story and we can talk about the what we just talked about sure, after later, yeah. but yeah i wanted to ask you too um as robert's going on these missions all over the place were you yourself ever paranoid like what am i getting into um documenting this because it's I don't know it's dangerous territories foreign countries yeah I know it's true like um, the element of danger the element of risk is what a journalist uh, certainly a foreign correspondent lives with uh, every day and I'm not cut from that cloth I have a I have a young daughter you know I have a family um, uh, I approach life in a different way um, the world of the foreign correspondent is one that is kind of lonely, I would say. Uh, even though Robert's uh, married, he's still kind of monastic in that way. Mm -hmm. That he goes to Syria, he goes out and does his 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 reporting, and it's and um, so yeah. I think it it was dangerous. The element of danger was there. We were very careful and um, how we prepared for these kind of journeys. Uh, I would say that um, if you want to put your life in anyone's hands it's likely you want to put it in the hands of the guy who's lasted the longest. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we're talking about yeah. a 70 plus year old, you know, legend of journalism who's spent 40 years in every major atrocity in, in the middle East, you know, and covered everything. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think he has a pretty good instinct for when things aren't going right. Yeah, definitely. And um, so that would be our, that was our meter. Like when things didn't feel right, we would back out and, uh, and you know, in any uh, in all of those trips, we were, we were very careful and and um, and just sort of followed the the nose of Robert's um, oh, instinct. You know, yeah, I can imagine too. Just like like you said, the years of him just doing this, he he's smart enough to know when to like jump out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But um, no, that's an attest to your passion too. It's like almost like you seeing him and loving his work too it's um, almost did you feel like you 
also wanted to expand on his work and let like just the general public know more about like these topics and everything and yeah well i think i think one of the big things that was important at the get-go was that we didn't want to make a hagiographic sort of like fawning biography of robert fisk that was not the original intention uh and so the idea was very much to anchor it through his ideas his perspectives to talk about like to talk about you know uh, themes of journalism uh one model i could refer to was maybe the old 1980 what year was that from there's an old film by peter wintonic and uh, mark akbar called manufacturing consent and it was ah, about okay. noam chomsky and um and in a similar style that film doesn't really dive into the biography but really lays out the ideas and i think i think in a way this 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 movie this is not a movie. The movie yeah, I <laughs> is, love the title, uh, is sort of like an es- a film essay, you know, mm-hmm. and it takes his words. And then uh, I, I think the filmmakers imprint or are imposing my my perspective into the film was very important. So I wanted to create an essay of ideas. I wanted to create a conversation about journalism and what it means to report journalism and and and. And to sort of think about how we engage with media literacy, which is so important in this day and age now with fake news everywhere. Yeah. And, yeah. and the other idea was that, you know, uh, I, I wanted to leave the film open enough in certain instances where we observe Robert, where you can question his character. Like, I don't think I'm... I, I don't think he's like a 100% likable guy, maybe to some people, to some people not. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. has lovers and haters, he does. So like uh, so like the PTSD moment, um, to some moments where he may come across slightly egocentric, um, I mean, that's his personality, that's mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And I think if you didn't have those qualities, you probably wouldn't last as long as he has in Definitely. this nitty gritty business of, of journalism. Yeah, one thing I respect too, it's like, he doesn't try to cater for everybody he like knows what his truth is and it's he's like that's it that's, <laughs> that's his, what, yeah. yeah he's got a his integrity is what i think i uh i really took home as a lesson for me uh here's a guy who doesn't give a shit about what people think of him and that he knows that if he were to engage in those battles it would just it would just you know it would it would never end and probably dig him deeper into the shit. Yeah, and that, yeah. And that the best thing to do is just not care and focus on the work. Yeah. And that to me was just like, man, like, you know, he's been labeled blah, 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 blah. You know, you see yeah, it in the movie. Yeah, there was the moment in the movie where and it's truly, like everything from like a Nazi to a Christian to like yeah, all, all like over the place. Everything <laughs> yeah, yeah. that you could possibly be like pro this or anti that, he's yeah. been labeled. And lately he's been called pro Assad and anti Semitic, which is mm-hmm. absolutely, you know, I was open to the idea, oh, maybe he is in the beginning when I was looking into the movie, into making the film about him, and but having spent time with him. I can say 100% that he's neither. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that he's really driven by that definition he follows. Yeah. And um, and people that call him pro-Assad, well, I, I would say the the sequence when we talk about the Duma gas attack is a very important kind of uh, section to analyze the impart of journalism and what reporting does uh, to for governments who feel they can use that information to create more war. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's wild. Like I I just like uh I feel like I got so much from just seeing his personality and everything and in that drive and it's 
it's it's cool that he's just like love me or hate me i'm just diving into it and just getting into any situation he can to get his questions answered and so and you don't find a lot of people like that anymore and um and i would say that uh uh you know i think that's what endears me to to the story and this movie and uh and just you know i think at some point the man and uh becomes less so and the words become more so like his what he has to say about his work about how he thinks about his work yeah is is uh is more important than knowing whether or not you know he's got any kids or anything like that that's not really the point Mm -hmm. yeah and just like anybody listening to this home i definitely recommend you guys go see this it's at tiff uh, for the next few weeks or so we have two public screenings only two because blue ice docks is our distributor uh, in Canada, and they will be and they will be distributing the film uh, probably in spring 2020 next year theatrically. Okay, great, in great cinemas. But yeah, right now it's at TIFF. It's pu- it's premiering on the 9th, September 9th at 7 p.m. and then uh, on again September 11th at 8:30 p.m. Uh, both at the Scotia Bay. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, and I just want to quickly say to anybody who's listening to this on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, and any of your favorite podcasting apps that each and every one of these episodes has its home homepage at www.girthradio.com. You'll be able to see pictures of us talking and just links to everything we talked about, screenings, tickets, and uh, where you can see the film. And yeah, Young, and I know I got to wrap this up. I got a couple more minutes with you sure, I, yeah. I seen over there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just um, like uh, I want to know what's, what's next with you. You seem like you're always busy. You just told me you worked on a documentary with one of my heroes, Kenny Omega. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, yeah, what do you got going on after this? You know, I'm, I, it's funny. Like, I, 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 I guess I don't define, I don't follow a certain trajectory. And, like, I, I don't like to be sort of boxed in with, with, like, oh, he's the guy that does this type of movie. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not yeah, driven yeah, by that. And yeah. so I'll make a film about a wrestler, a pro wrestler. I'll make yeah. a film about a, a, a foreign correspondent. I'll make a film about exotic fruit and people that go hunting with about with uh, you know hunting exotic fruit. I did that with the fruit hunters. Cool, um, cool. My next projects, it seems like I'm interested potentially in a film about uh, hockey in China. Wow, and, yeah, that's uh, interesting. And yeah. it's sort of for me, it's like Cool Runnings, uh, the Chinese version. Yeah, and do they uh, have a hockey scene out there? They're trying to build it up right now oh, from nothing, it. and they want to be competitive in the 2022 Olympics. Cool, which yeah, yeah. Uh, they're currently ranked 37th in the world, um, next to just between uh, I think Mexico and Iran. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, they they have quite an ambitious move, and and I want to document that. Um, and I'm working on a fiction film, so. We'll see where that takes me next. Great, great. Have you worked on fiction before? You know, I uh, I have in university, and I would argue that my movies are slightly, you know, I think every movie, fiction or nonfiction, is a story and is driven by narrative and the same tropes of, uh, you know, acts and climaxes. And so, uh, yeah, I would say um, I'm looking forward to diving into the fiction world. And I would apply what I've learned in documentary to that world, but uh, but I think um, it might just end up. Uh, we'll see what happens. All right. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, it was great to meet you today. Great I'm you. definitely going to be like following your career, and maybe we can do a part two sometimes because I great. feel like I could pick your brain for another five hours. Let's right do now. That. Let's yeah. Do that. <laughs> Cheers, man. Thanks so much.
Girth Radio. Who are we mistaken? 